It's a for real. We used to love it, then we watch it now. We don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is, is it, it for, for real? real? This is Philip and Katie and Bridget. And this week, uh, I got to choose the movie, and come hell or high water, I chose Better Off Dead. Yes. Um, I say come hell or high water because it's impossible to find. It's not streaming anywhere. Yeah. Um, we basically had to go on Amazon, buy the last three copies, and <laughs> basically mailed them to each of us. Um, so we yeah. each have our own copy of it. Um, dragged yeah. out our old DVD players and uh, just for you, dear listener. And my DVD took a very long time to get to me. And it was supposed to be like one day, but it circumnavigated all of California. It so, went yeah. to Canada, apparently. And <laughs> <In> Canada. <laughs> so I'm willing to, you know, if anybody else wants to watch this movie, the first fan to uh, reach out on our Facebook page, I will ship you my DVD of Better Off Dead. Um, if you'd like to watch it. That's... And then we'll have another person's copy will just be passed around to their listeners yes! so they can watch it before Ooh. listening to the podcast. Totally. So the traveling pants. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we also have a guest person that's going to talk about this movie. Uh, and Bridget has that one. So take it away, Bridget. Yeah, that's right. You may remember this amazing guest uh, he, he shared before he on great. the podcast. Um, his name is John B and he talked about Troop Beverly, or no, Beverly Hills Cop. And, um, he, he actually was a, a big suggester of this film as well. When we first put a call out for movies. Oh, that's right. Um, and so let's hear what John B has to say. Hey there, is it for real crew? This is John B and Bridget, let me know that this week you guys are going to be watching Better Off Dead, uh, a member of the john cusack cinematic universe which also includes movies like the sure thing one crazy summer say anything gross point blank and high fidelity it's the comedic romantic comedic yet somehow dark and edgy um corner of the john cusack cinematic universe and this movie among some of the others i mentioned means a lot to me this one in particular um it was a staple of cable television when I was growing up, and as a young teen man, <laughs> as a young teen, I could really, really relate to losing one's uh, girlfriend and then going into a morose state, not quite to the level of, um, you know, Lane Meyer, but uh, certainly becoming just a despondent Darko um, and you know, then doing stupid things to try to uh, win the girl back and just all for naught. Um, but much like Lane Meyer, I found my uh, Monique later in my high school existence and things really, uh, things really brightened up after that. So um, certain aspects of this story, certainly related to as a teen uh, and very much enjoyed this film. And now on to a brief uh, synopsis of this movie. So John Cusack plays Lane Meyer, who's obsessed, as I mentioned, with his girlfriend, Beth. But when Beth dumps Lane to date the just brilliantly named Roy Stalin, who's a classic 80s villain, captain of the ski team of all things, and just a complete douche, 
Lane becomes super despondent to the point of attempting suicide uh, several times, all of them badly. Um, I'm sure that would not hold up in a film today. And with the help of um, Lane's friend, the amazing Curtis Armstrong, Charles DeMar, uh, and spurred on by Monique, who is a captivating French foreign exchange student living next door, Lane decides to conquer the most dangerous ski run in town, which is the K-12. And along the way, he does things like uh, drag race Howard Cosell impersonators and has Van Halen-fueled claymation fantasies and uh, dodges a psychotic paperboy who wants his $2. Lots of other fantastic and wonderful and bizarre things happen in this film. Um, It's as much enjoyable for its central storyline as for all the weird things that happen along the way. It's got some heavy hitters in it. I already mentioned Curtis Armstrong. David Ogden Steers, of all people, is in this. Um, It's just a, a lovely, quirky, bizarro, very funny film filled once again with lots of things from the 80s that probably wouldn't fly today, but it's still a fun one. I enjoy it quite a bit. Thank you so much. Isn't John B. great? Great. I asked him when he was going to have his own podcast. because he has I know. Podcasts. Yeah, he's got a really good voice. Um, this, Although, this, okay, go ahead. No, just because I had to look up who the great David Ogden Steers was. He was the dad. Yeah, I guess he's famous from, from MASH. Yep. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So John Cusack uh, is now gets a smoking jacket for being in three of the movies we've watched bum, bum, bum. Um, for Is It For Real? Oh, yeah. And actually, speaking of which, I feel like the almost like the first scene when he wakes up out of bed, I was like, is this his character from 16 Candles? Because he has like <laughs> yeah. the goggles. I guess they're just they're um, welding goggles, but not to be confused with like whatever those like virtual reality headsets that the 16 candles kids had but did yeah. you know yeah. that one of those other nerds is in this movie too he's in like the classroom right yeah yeah, yeah. I yes. missed it. should we get into our levels oh yeah. yeah let's do it uh i'll go first just because this is my my pick um my level is going to be peru uh because this is a joke that I constantly said throughout my life. I mean, I remember back to French class where we'd all have to bring in like French foods and I would always bring in Perrier and whenever oh. someone would, we'd have to say what we brought, I would always be, and to drink Peru. And no one ever got the joke. And I love that even so. <laughs> I have a such a- this movie? Yeah, yes, it's the, it the mom says it when she's Mother. like, French bread, French oh. fries, and to drink Peru. Peru. <laughs> I have such an insider follow-up for that because we happen to have a mutual friend whose last name is Perrier. Do you ever call them, I, do you ever call them Peru? I don't, but I, but you I will. may start just, yeah, <laughs> I will. I, I love will. it. That's awesome. Um, well, I, I was, I was trying to think of my level actually earlier um, and I jumped around a bit, but I think I'm just going to make my level one crazy winter because the only thing I know about this, like I Probably I'd, I, so I can't tell if I'd heard the title or if I've heard the phrase better off dead. Um, and so much about this movie was like on the tip of like the, the bully, like this, the ski, um, this captain of the ski team. I think I'm mixing it up with another movie about like saving the ski mountain and stuff. Aspen um, extreme. Yeah, probably. And Aspen, yeah, I <laughs> gotta save extreme. the mountain. Exactly. Um, 
So I don't, I don't think I had seen or heard of this except that I know that it is um, a favorite of Phillips and that it was the inspiration for us watching One Crazy Summer. So having watched One Crazy Summer, I definitely recognized a lot of the people, a lot of the bits, a lot of the pacing. Yeah. yeah. My level is going to be, wait, this movie is about skiing? Um, (laughs) Which you typed out. Yeah. yeah, I believe it was this movie is also about skiing. (laughs) Because I didn't know we were also watching another skiing movie and that it got snuck in there. Um, And I I had never really heard of this movie. I have a vague image of John Cusack wearing those glasses kind of on the cover that I've I've seen somewhere, but then I think I'm thinking of Ferris Bueller maybe or something. And I love John Cusack. I I really do. Um, So I was, I was sort of surprised, but yeah, like Katie said, having the, understanding of one crazy summer i was kind of like holding my breath a little bit for this <laughs> but i will a little spoiler i was much more pleasantly tickled and surprised in this movie than the other one i wrote I mean, you when you start out with one crazy summer <laughs> yeah like i think you did it in the right order yeah for sure for sure Which, yeah, and just for context, this movie was made a year before One Crazy Summer, same director, uh, of course, John Cusack and a lot of the other same actors. Mm -hmm. And then I guess for my level, I should have said, growing up, I watched this movie a a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing they have in common to start is a cartoon opening (laughs) because all teenage boys are cartoonists, right? Or all men. I don't know. There's been so many cartoonists. So... To clarify, let's get this out of the way in the beginning. He's not supposed to be the same person. He's not the same no, guy. Uh uh-uh, uh, not the same I guy. I said that though. I was like, is this the same guy? He's clearly like acting. It's a similar character, but he's, it's supposed to be a different person. Um, yeah, I definitely like this. This guy, uh, yeah, Lane has yeah. some problems, but I like his character better in this movie. I think we should yeah. say that too that this movie is identified as a surrealist teen black comedy like it's definitely surreal you have to spend reality all together um and when you do that i think you get to go on like a really fun little ride um and it starts like from the very 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 beginning with (laughs) with his bedroom um which is full of photos (laughs) he's stalker i couldn't figure it out and they you know they panned all those pictures of her before you know who's in the bed right like is this her? What is happening? Um, is it Kevin Spacey? Like, who knows? And Lane takes a shower in socks, which is the first thing I was confused about. Yeah. Just is that from weird? a different, another movie as well? I feel that that's, oh, you know what? I think there's a scene in Weird Science, which oh, maybe right? it's been suggested by other people. I think we'll get to it eventually, where they are taking uh, a shower in together. Socks? Their two best friends are taking a shower with their woman that they created <laughs> so that movie's got yeah wait got are they things. naked except for socks i can't remember i think okay. it's that's socks a whole other thing holding their I, we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> oh, get into it you know okay so uh then the, we kind of get like this morning scene with the newspaper kid we mm-hmm. first get introduced to this re- reoccurring character the newspaper delivery boy um, and then it, simultaneously we're seeing like these grown folks in bed but we don't know who they are I didn't know they were at first. Um, and I guess the delivery boy like keeps throwing the newspaper through the garage door windows. Yeah. Yes. And the dad is like trying desperately to make sure the kid misses. The son of a, yeah. He's too good. He's got a laser arm. 
Um, did you guys, my brother was a newspaper delivery boy. I think we, did we talk about this before? I can't remember. I don't, I don't think, think that I like, never really was. existed in our town. Yeah. That was a job. It did in, in Severna Park, Maryland. And like, but I, but my dad spent like all these like cold winter mornings, like driving my brother around. I thought I said this story, but it's really quick. And my dad had this car that if the door was open, it talked and it said, the door is a jar. Did I say this before? I don't think so. Okay. Well, anyway, my brother had like leaned out the window so much throwing newspapers out that anytime he went around a corner in this car, it was like, the door is a jar. And that's the car just became this, like, the oh door is a jar. And so then my brother drove it. My other brother drove it. It was like a whole thing. Um, jar car. I'm glad cars don't say the door is a jar anymore. Because for the yeah. longest time, I didn't even understand what that meant. I was like, the door's not a jar. Uh, it's it's a door, you stupid <laughs> robot. That's why you'll never take over. Um, <laughs> we get introduced to the parents of Lane. I This mom is like, I'm worried about her. Yeah, I'm much. I'm actually more worried about her than Lane. <laughs> yeah, she's not yeah. right. She's yeah. She's, she's on some things. Something's going. I on. wish I was on whatever she was on because she was like <laughs> having a great time. But yeah, she's happy. Maybe uh. trapped inside, and she serves the most disgusting looking things I've ever seen. You've got to work pretty hard to make bacon look that gross. Like <laughs> that is nuts. Yeah. yeah. I it was and it really is. I I mean. Well done. They achieved it. It looks disgusting. It's it's like, ugh. She's great. She I was eating great. popcorn watching it and I like had to stop eating for a minute. Like, <laughs> oh God. That and like whatever that goop is that's also like, they use the same like teal like mm-hmm. um, food coloring like, and you're just yeah. like, which is kind of like hook. It's just like, no food is that color. So <laughs> it shouldn't be. We get introduced to one of my favorite characters, uh, Brother Badger, um, who's wearing leopard pajamas. Yeah, he's very much like Squid from One Crazy Summer. I feel like they have like the same coloring. Oh. Is that Which the sister? Squid? Yeah, Squid is the sister. Oh, right, right, right. Squid yeah. Calamari. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was I, I was reading. I only thing. know her full name. <laughs> uh, to be clear, I'm talking about Squid Calamari. Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah. But I was reading that the kid. Um, yeah, it doesn't have any lines the whole time. Yeah, he's silent. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I liked his leopard pajamas, and I liked his heightening projection. Yeah, um, I had some like funny little moments there. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say that uh, I watched this movie after Green Bay lost the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. so my notes are sloppy, and <laughs> my my memory is just shrouded in sadness. Um, oh, no. We'll steer, we'll steer you along. Yeah, I, I took yeah. four and a half pages of notes. Thank, thank you. So chime in. This is your pick. I know. We'll guide you through. Thank you. Um, the next thing we do see, though, is Lane drying his socks with a hairdryer, and then we think one of my favorite sight gags is the closet full of Beth hangers. <laughs> Um, where it's just like her head is on every single hanger. Because then it'd be like his clothes on her. So I don't know. To each their own, you know. Yeah, totally. It's a definite Um, crush. But like at this point, do we think that he put up all those pictures after they broke up? or No. During their relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were still together. Which is intense. Right. Because, yeah, they hadn't broken up yet. Right. Right. I mean, I think John B. hits the nail on the head, though. I mean, like high school love is that is and can be that intense right like yeah it's a it's hyperbole i guess but not really i mean i was a high school teacher for a long time and it's like that intense like it can take yeah. over your whole life that right. quickly so 
I think it's kind of a really funny call out to that. Then we get into the fact that this is a ski movie and there's a, like another like intense competition tryout. And I'm just like, is this a thing? Like, I just have never even thought of a ski tryout. And now I've seen two in yeah. like a month. I, I want to call out. I was so excited to see that me and Lane have the same ski tote. It's called a ski oh, tote. Nice. It's the brand, but I have it. I like literally have it in my basement in Baltimore still, just in case I want to use it. You should um, be Lane for Halloween. That would be, Ooh, this would be a really good rando Halloween movie to, to go after. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. I guess I could be what's his face. Del Mar. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. I mean, we could switch that up too. I be Actually, you might enjoy that Monique. more. Yeah. I'd like to be Monique. We could get our friend Trey to be Roy. <laughs> Talk about that more. Okay. Oh, Roy Stalin. Oh. So speaking of um, the girl across the street, when we first get introduced to her, I thought she was packing mm. to go away somewhere, but then mm-hmm. you learn she's unpacking. Yes. And she, cause she's moving in because uh, she's an exchange student, but she loves America. She loves baseball. And we meet Ricky. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like that whole, that whole thing, like this, this nerdy, like chubby boy and then the mom is like what like she's like a movie starlet of some kind or i feel like some sort of long island movie star yeah Uh, like yeah like a wannabe i don't know they're funny caricatures to me i really actually liked ricky a lot i thought (laughs) like there was some really subtle comedy there's like that cafeteria scene that really made me laugh like there's a few of them anyway I yeah, like his, his, he's a funny, funny little beats. character. And I thought it was like, oh, I was like, oh, kind of like a, a chubby nerd trope. Ugh. But then I was like, no, I think they're kind of playing it kind of funny. I don't know. I liked it. There was a few I, things that really surprised me in this movie that I was like, oh, I actually kind of like that. That's funny. That household seemed very like John Waters movie yes. to me. Yes. Like it was very campy and yes. yeah. Yeah. Like the mother in particular. But at the same time, I wonder because I really like a lot of the jokes as well, but some just, I don't know if they fell into them and they're funny by accident or if they mm. meant to, mm-hmm. uh, like I was rewatching some clips and there was like one of the uh, Asian car announcer, announcer guy was like, at the very end, he's like, wise words from a man who knows how to ski well. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. that's like very funny of like yeah. how we interview sports people now and it's like wise words from a guy who can throw the ball really fast yeah i liked that too i was reading about the whole howard cosell um mm-hmm. were you reading this that yeah. um, the the actor that played um the part auditioned and like really tried to memorize like get a howard cosell impression down to a t and i i did the imdb fact didn't really comment on how good he was at it but i guess they ultimately decided to dub him i think because oh. they didn't he did have a Japanese accent and I think they were worried like it wouldn't be clear and they wanted people to understand. And I don't know. That's what they said on the IMDb fact. So he was bummed, but he also said like, it's their movie. It's fun. I think he was stoked to be cast, but yeah. And we see this bit like reoccurring over and over and over again. And I, I like the heightening of it. I like the changing of it. I like the suspension of reality, like Lane putting the dish gloves on and, you know, I don't know. I think it was kind of interesting that like these like, Japanese <laughs> men. It was never about them being Japanese, really. It was just about no, just later obsessed. when they were eating Asian food. But yeah, yeah. But no, they were just obsessed with racing, right? Um, with Lane, yeah. Um, and announcing about it, you know, having the commentary, right. which was 
amazing amazing yeah and they just throw you into it like at first annie had a comment she's like this is like a saturday night live sketch that like are these reoccurring characters like are we yeah. supposed to know what's going on <laughs> right um, at first you know but you build it and you they they kind of start like halfway through a bit sometimes where they're just like oh yeah this is almost with the paper the paper boy too with the they dad. trust us they trust it's us like, you know they do it's a very trusting movie yeah but i think it's more inclusive in that than like say one crazy summer where i felt like i was like scared and on the outside of things and this one i was like oh like yeah. this is i feel included in this like they're giving you enough context mm-hmm. where you're kind of like oh i want to know more about this bit and then you get some payoffs later on which i thought was like really rewarding there's also the payoffs like they i don't know yeah it's like they had more of a vision for the bits than one crazy summer that was just yeah. like let's just do a million as fast yeah. as we can so then we go to the ski mountain, which I believe is kind of supposed to be Tahoe. Although I was reading that it was filmed in Utah. Utah. Yeah. So it's like filmed L- in LA and Utah. It's supposed to all be in Northern California. It's kind of exciting. Um, and one thing I noticed about the ski mountain that I didn't call out for Aspen Extreme is just the lack of helmets for anybody. Yeah. Um, it happened so quickly. It happened like overnight that it became compulsory and now it's such the norm, but it is weird it's like you're seeing people naked. You're like, oh my God, put your seatbelts on. It's, it's kind of striking. So wait, it's in, it's supposed to be Northern California, but they drive to like Dodger Stadium at the end. Yes. And there's <laughs> because- palm trees, there's palm trees and other scenes and there's not a lot of palm trees in Northern California. There are though. There I mean, are? There are, which the- people hate okay. actually, but oh, okay. I just know it because people are upset but about it. But there was like more, it was very LA looking. And especially it was definitely guy. filmed in LA. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's supposed to be kind of like around Sacramento. Yeah. Um, that's the town in Greendale or something. So it's a real town. <clears throat> I love the bit with Roy Stalin, who, as John B said, is the villain, um, who's like clearly not in high school. He's like an elderly blonde <laughs> oh my God. man. 57 um, year old yeah. blonde man. Which and- to me seems so much like a young Thomas Hayden church. He just like yeah, has his same voice. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. There's this bit about Beth holding the clipboard that I thought was <laughs> yeah. really delightful. And then she's, she's completely enamored with him and swoons swoons. Yeah. And we also get to meet the guy from nerd revenge of the nerds, Charles DeMar. Which and once great. again, when he came on the screen, Annie was like, Oh God, Ron Howard's brother. I can't handle it. And like once again, it's, it's not him. <laughs> it's not Glenn Howard. And she said the same thing in one crazy summer. She's like, they might as well be the same person. They might as well merge, but I enjoyed him. Uh, when yeah, Lane- I mean- oh, go ahead. No, just going to say, and we may be there uh, where Stalin, I forget what they even line. Oh, he better shave or something like that. Oh my God. Day. And then he just starts hysterically laughing. I, just, I wrote that hysteria is just the best defense yes bully i couldn't agree more i loved it and i don't even know if he was doing it on purpose but it worked like a charm uh, i love it amazing yeah so lane skis and it's clearly not him it's, there's a lot of but anyway i enjoyed that they actually have some skiing yeah this. totally i was reading that the guys um the the stunt people like professional skiers they had to still wear the welding glasses and <laughs> so they could own, yeah so they could like kind of only see like right below them when they were skiing like wow the yeah mm-hmm. i know we'll talk about it but 
I have a lot of questions about skiing on one leg. <laughs> so Beth breaks up with Lane and that forces him to, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it's a little trigger warning. There's a lot of suicide attempts in this yeah. movie. I mean, they're, yeah. for, they're for comedy and they're played as comedy, but just cause we're going to talk about it. I think it's important to say that he, he tries to, to kill himself in the garage by hanging, but the mom sort of like thwarts it, but not really. She like almost actually makes it happen. He had talked himself out of it. He basically talked himself out of it. I was reading that this movie is essentially an autobiography of the director, Savage Stephen Holland. Yeah. Um, so that th- this happened to him that he got, he went through a terrible breakup in high school. It said that he became suicidal, but then that he he did have like a an attempt that it, it kind of seemed like it was the exact same scene. Like he tried it on a pipe in his garage and then kind of like called it off, but then like slipped and then it like went everywhere and his mother came in and was mad. And then, and then he started like writing down like terrible ways, like failures of how to do that. And that kind of became the movie. I got and then I was also reading that like they wanted to market it at first, like you're better off dead. Um, uh, something like leading up to like all these terrible things yeah. I'd be, sometimes I would probably be, you're better some, off dead. thank you sometimes you're better off dead but it, like even even in the 80s people thought that might not be a great promotion for teenagers Sa- save it for 13 reasons why <laughs> exactly so they ch- changed it to be all of these things that were going lo- wrong in your life and then they changed at the end relax remember that you're you're never better off dead so they just- kind of changed the branding such a clunky sentence yeah. <laughs> i know it's like remember <laughs> you're never not ever. hey kids <laughs> our lawyers are telling us yeah, uh that we totally. can't tell you uh but yeah i could really do without the suicide stuff even played for laugh it doesn't i know I mean, some of the bits if they weren't someone trying to commit suicide yeah but i mean it's and i get that it's like dark but it's like even the like set self-immolation one it's just people oh. have actually did that as oh, protest and it's like yeah, yeah. so yeah, i could have done without it done without okay, it okay i have my yeah. first question which is what is k12 well that means the most intense <laughs> <laughs> i think that i think that my guess is the and the writer was like he did lose his girlfriend to the head of the ski team so like he knows something about skiing okay but um my guess is that k12 is made up probably based on k2 the mountain it was probably just like at the top of his head and k2 oh. is mountain and then they just named they named this run i guess the k12 or like a bowl 10 times more intense than k2 (laughs) i know it yeah and katie you had k12 k2 skis oh yeah k2 skis is a brand right so actually maybe that that, maybe that would be more i mean k2 skis are named after the mountain but like maybe that's why it was like on the top of his head yeah interesting i just want to make sure i wasn't missing something uh savage steve uh not only directed these two movies, but I think he went on or did this before. He was the person in charge of little cartoons on Pressure Luck, the game oh, show where they had the little whammies? the whammies. Yeah, he did the whammies. So no whammies, no whammies. Those were funny. I like. Oh, those. I love that. Uh, Jeff Jeff had more things to say about him as well in terms of his cartoon career, but 
Um, well, actually, I do have a question. We can just do questions as we go along, I think, probably. But I have a question from um, Annie ICU, which is, can John Cusack actually draw? Like, do we think, because he's there with the sketch, but like, do we think he's done that? Or do we think that he can draw at all? No. Or, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> That's probably my guess. Too. I don't think so. So John Cusack or Lane is still alive and he has another like gross meal with his parents. And the dad is like, very hung up that he gets his life together, which reminded me of, was that, was that one crazy summer or just they're all movies where like the dad is like, get your life together um, and move your car out of the driveway uh, and bit and badger like made some sort of crazy laser and doesn't really talk about it, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Then, that, then we get, uh, f- Oh yeah, go ahead. No, just, I was just going to sing the praises praises of badger a little bit more um just i don't know if we're there of just his book on how to pick up cheap women um best kind of women is those cheap women that's a big payoff later on new year's eve which i think is really funny but we get we get this fun flashback to lane meeting beth and um i just i really like this scene because he's he's like playing football and he runs and he runs into that picnic and he just steps in everybody's food which i think is really funny and there's like late uh beth is sitting there with her friend and they're like clearly there's a lot of advertising or product placement i don't Mm -hmm. know if i was supposed to drink milk in this movie like everybody's just like drinking milk and cereal and i was like i want cereal so bad (laughs) and cat food Um, oh my god and then like they have this this like funny internal conversation about what's hanging out of their nose and does, oh, the yeah. other, does the other person think that there's something and so they're both like playing with their noses a lot which i thought was just a really delightful like little that's commentary a funny bit. yeah that's that's i think that's really funny i think that's kind of definitely in on the teenager i mean it's humans all humans but like that sort of self-consciousness that comes around with being a teenager um oh yeah then he's like trying to feed the cat and all the food falls out of the box because the mom has been clipping the... No, the I think brother. it's Badger. He's, oh, Badger. he's getting all oh, these right. coupons the to get his laser guns and That's rocket right. ships and cheap Which women. I, I will say, like, as a kid, I did have to be convinced to not cut them out before. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I was convinced. And, like, this just in cereal isn't, like, loose in a right. cardboard yeah. box. <laughs> but, yeah. Or, like, get the cereal box, open it, and then, like stick your hand all the way in it and yes. rummage around for the prize oh a hundred percent and then just like kids don't have grubby hands dirty hand know? out <laughs> and be <laughs> like yeah and it was like sugar cereal so you just like uh, yeah you'd know yeah the sugar like falls to the bottom so like if you were trying to pretend like this was some healthy breakfast <laughs> um so we get the first uh interaction because the doorbell rings and it's the paper boy and he's super menacing and he's demanding his two dollars yeah. for the paper route. I, I just obviously like I'm sure the parents would pay it or whatever. Or maybe the dad yeah. doesn't want to pay it because of the windows. But it's so funny that he's this like mafia thing. And like like I said, the heightening of this bit is very funny to me. Oh yeah. Or maybe like the dad, they've tried to cancel the paper yeah. route. I could see be- that. Because they don't I mean, they apparently read have been reading the paper. It's been in other gags, but I can still see the yeah cost benefit just not being with it from damage the to the garage door yeah yeah so. i also had that like switchblade comb that that kid had <laughs> yeah. that of course you around did, with Katie. me yep i used to like I think funny enough i think my brother like got a switchblade comb like in the points that he earned in selling <laughs> newspapers that's maybe. funny 
And maybe that was like a callback to that. Could Houston, be. ooh, one thing you used to get is these like mystery cans. It's like a precursor to like these like mystery things that kids open on the internet now. Mm-hmm. Like, and it'd be like if you if you sell like six subscriptions, you get a can, and then you have <laughs> to you had to open it with a can opener, hmm. and inside would just be like a bunch of weird shit that kids like, you know, like a stuffed animal and like a baseball card. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that, the thrill that, of opening the can alone was like. <laughs> I like send like seven-year-old me into like shock the um paper boy to me looks so much like the kid that plays the little brother in not another teen movie and i know he isn't because the timeline doesn't match up but i blew my brain because i'm like it yeah. can't be him um but it's kind of remarkable i keep thinking he was like the bully sidekick from a christmas story but maybe just because mm. that, that kid wears like a newspaper hat yeah. maybe that's what i'm thinking so Lane goes, he's in the car and I like this scene. He's only hearing breakup songs. So he hears like hollow notes, she's gone and like some 50 Breaking ways. To- yes. da, 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 na, na, na. Yeah. And then he like takes the radio out of the car and just throws oh, yeah. it, which is really funny. And I also bet that they played just enough of those songs where they didn't have to pay for the rights. Totally. Tricky yes, bastards. I was wondering about that, but they are credited in the credits. Oh, huh. I mean- so- they That's, had Van Halen, so it's not like they yeah. are skipping they credited, on their budget. They credited all of those songs, and I was looking oh. for that because I was like, I wonder. So um, so we're at school, and this is by far my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> it's really, I love this bit. This is such a good bit. So we have the math teacher, who's this dopey, like... He's, he's in so the movie, movie Ghost, right? He's like Yeah, a, yeah he's the he's subway he's guy, so right? Yeah. dopey, he looks, yeah. That guy, yeah. And he's doing this like intense geometry lesson and the students are all like riveted they in love their it. seats. They I, love it. It's so, I don't know why I found it so funny. They're like, he's like telling some dumb jokes and they're like laughing. And then um, they like, he asked them to take out their homework or their calculations. And they all have these like, it's like one funny thing after another, like calculators and yeah, time machines. I don't know. They just like all take these funny things out. And Lane, of course, like gets called up to do the question and he doesn't know. And he, he, he causes the chalk to scratch, which Ugh. is like a night. It is the worst. It's the worst. It. And all the people's hair stands up. I'm like, think about like what a funny, it's like a one second gag that they probably spent like half a day on. I was thinking about that with the hair. Like, yeah, yes, they, yeah totally. But I, I just love the continued bit. Cause even at the end when he says like, they're so upset that they have to leave the class. And yeah. then he's like, don't worry, you just memorize 50 pages. Memorize 50 pages for geometry, which makes <laughs> yeah. sense. Um, tomorrow, and they're like, yay! I mean, yeah, that committed, the commitment to these kids just loving this dry geometry class, like, I was super into it. Um, but during that scene, Lane zones out on the time when he and he, he lost his virginity to Beth. So is she pregnant? This is what I didn't understand about the drawing because then he's like, he drew her belly and then arrow baby, didn't he? I don't remember that. That was in like a first draft that was even darker, I guess. No, (laughs) my guess is no. Okay. I don't think so. But then the uh, math teacher, when he he comes back, and this is the first time it happens of many, or it was maybe the second. The math teacher holds Lane back to ask if he can take out Beth. He's like, I heard you guys broke up. Um, I don't that made me laugh so hard. Oh my god, it's simultaneously it's a, it's a funny bit. Yeah. It like doesn't yes, it doesn't pass me too. No. Bad, but it is so funny. No, it's, it's not the, especially the way it's delivered. Yes, that's just, what like, I mean. 
you keep on like, what is he going to say? And then he's just like awkwardly asking. And like, I mean, yeah, it's, it's clearly, you know, satire and. Oh yeah. But yeah, I loved it. So then uh, we're going to the lunchroom, another staple of teen, teen movies. And uh, this is where Ricky and the French exchange student are having this like funny little moment where he's trying to feed her things or share things with her. It's just, it's just something about his face that's funny to me. And Charles is holding a fetal pig in a jar. Oh, yeah. And I, we talked about that for hours last podcast. And I, there it was. It was a big payoff. Did we talk about that that was in this movie? No. And did I, we I, talk about that on the podcast? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, about dissecting. Like yeah. Right, we whether we had done that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah so. um, oh, that's, yeah, that's crazy. And um, we get to, we get introduced to the basketball team and their girlfriend, Chris Clemens. Right. Dates all of the basketball team. And he's going to go ask her out on roller skates. Because she's um, in the roller skates, you know? Because she's, yeah, she's on the skating team. And he slips and pulls her entire outfit off. And the basketball like, team... <laughs> <laughs> the basketball team beats him up. Also, I love the basketball team just grumbles and they're just yeah. like like they could have definitely done that gag in a way that just would have been super cringy. Yeah. But I it this it somehow works, I yeah, think. I liked it. Um, I thought it was funny. You know, it's it's not like there's this imbalance between her and the basketball team. It's just no, she's, she's dating the basketball. It was like team. the Bachelorette, honestly. I mean, yeah. it, that's what the Bachelorette is. It's the same thing. Right. I agree with you. Like, I was like, ugh, this is kind of gross. But it was like, in some way, they had this like utmost oh, yeah. respect for her. Like, yeah. they stood when she left the table. Like, I, I just thought it was really funny. And then the delightful icing on the cake of that beat is Beth leaving in the car with the math teacher. And it's very small. Like you almost could miss it. I did miss it actually. I but didn't you that. just see the math teacher and Beth driving away. Together. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Which forces Lane to want to jump off an overpass. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I want to talk about it, but I was shocked to see that that was the bridge. Like I was like, go to a bridge with water. Like, I know. Oh my God. Like, um, yeah. yeah if you're gonna i did think about that for probably too long but basically yeah, just about too. jumping yeah. over past just the consequences of that for everybody right. yeah for everybody and that's that's the good yeah it's not cool um but he falls into a garbage truck and then two black men comment that it's a shame they throw away a white boy like that yeah, like a perfectly good perfectly white good boy. perfectly white good boy. white. i boy. liked that that was kind of fun it was a funny little it, does, it does seem like this movie punches up like Mm -hmm. wherever and maybe that's why the basketball player thing works like they're never they're never punching down which 80s movies do so much (laughs) yeah no and i think about that this is probably was this made a year after 16 candles oh um i think they said something about that well it was like a year after fast times at ridgemont high i believe well because Um, john cusack is older and the other nerd is older so i would unless they filmed them out of order i don't know yeah 16 candles was 84 so yeah it was like one year before and that has you know like i really like 16 candles but i don't think it's hysterical and i think this is funnier i think it's like you said it's smarter playing yeah so um they're back to the mountain and i didn't know this was a christmas movie either i know what a surprise 
It was a delightful surprise. And, and is this where uh, Charles Damar talks about, this is another line I, I try to work into every ski trip I'm on. It's like, there's a whole mountain of this. Do you know the street value? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I'm, I'm, I'm butchering it right now. But no, yeah. it, it, he plays it so hilariously and he just like snorts it. And it did remind me of Aspen Extreme. I was like, I think this yes. is what Dexter was exporting from, from Aspen. <laughs> yeah, he's... Um, he snorts everything. He snorted Jello. Jello, yeah. In the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. He wants to snort snow, and then he talks about nasal spray. It's his bit. He's a snorter. Aye. And here is where we get the first time that the line um, "Go that way really fast, and if something gets in your way, turn." <laughs> is said. It is a really good line, and it's kind of like insider. Well, not insider, but I'm like, I could see like that is how you ski. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> this is exactly why I don't ski. <laughs> Because I don't want to do that. But I appreciate those that do. Now I want like a t-shirt that says that on the back. Yeah. I can wear it at my Opry ski. You are nice. wearing that t-shirt, Philip. Gave away the yeah. end of Damn it, damn freaking... it. She's a freaking wheeze, Philip. I am ready right. to be wearing my ski undershirt. <laughs> <laughs> so Lane calls Beth on Christmas because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And um, he had bought her the teeny tiniest yeah. teddy bear in a box although here's what i'll say because like the bit is is that he's bought her this tiny tiny teddy bear and i guess like he called beth and then beth decided to go on and on to him about what roy got her which is a giant teddy bear that's bigger than her and i was like i'll tell you which one i would rather have the tiny (laughs) one like what are you gonna you're gonna hug it and love it there's so (laughs) many videos on the internet of people cutting out the back of those giant teddy bears and then sitting inside of them and then scaring people (laughs) when they come there's a whole yes there's a whole genre i'll send you guys of these people who scare people they love because they're just like sitting there like a lump and then the turn the light on then the bears like yeah and it's it's scary (laughs) that's funny so it's christmas and um i think this is the precursor to the netflix log channel i don't know if you guys ever watched the fire yeah uh-huh and because oh, they, had, yeah. they had that on their box tv in the house but it was a fireplace was sort of built around it i think it was supposed to be I this know, funny Andy, bit, but like now everybody watches fireplace right TV. It's like that's just what you do and then i love the little deer sweater that the mom is wearing <laughs> she's uh, wearing a whole deer outfit yeah uh <laughs> It's on record that Nora wants that, so... Uh, well, we're getting it for her. Any knitters out there? Uh, yeah, please get on that. Oh, yeah. Was the mom... Oh, yeah, she, was she wearing the whole... Yeah, she's dressed as a deer. It looks... It's intense. It look. I mean, it it's looks... super intense. It's kind of like... You do kind of look like a deer come to life. Um, and then she gives him, like, an aardvark. Like, what is his costume? Well, she gives the dad... Like a hundred TV dinners, which oh, are oh yeah, totally. But melted. but his sweater is also it's like, an aardvark. It's an aardvark, and is then, it? Yeah, it's, some, it's like an ant. She's, she says, "I got you an aardvark coat." Um, and then the neighbor later on. Oh right, yeah, had one too, coat, which is that was solid. Because I think right before um, that bit came out, is like Nora was like, "Who would have a coat like that?" And then right yeah, on time, exactly. Yeah. This is the next time that we see the suicide attempt with the carbon monoxide poisoning in the car. And then he changes his mind at the last minute and backs out of the garage. Right. Breaking into the, the windows. Newly fixed windows. Yeah. So the dad like freaks bom, out. Bom, bom. Um, 
And that's what then the next scene I have is when the mailman brings Badger the book on how to pick up women. Yeah. Okay. And he, yeah. And then he asks Lane if he can ask Beth out, which is amazing. Which I love. I think it's. And he's callback. the gas station attendant from One Crazy Summer. And he's also in all kinds of other things. Yeah. He's a famous comedian. Super familiar, right? Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Dad like takes Lane aside and says he's going to set him up with Joan Greenfield the lawyer's daughter i like the father's use of like that slang book he's working off of <laughs> i didn't realize that till half the co- halfway through the conversation i was like oh that's really funny he had a few funny books he was reading to try mm-hmm. to like be a good dad and also like what school has a new year's eve dance no school has a new oh my year's gosh i didn't realize that's what it was yeah that's insane like, like on christmas break everyone parent. come back from holiday right yeah. and like teachers have to work on new year's eve at a school no anyway so lane goes to pick joe joan up joanne and there's like this crazy dog at the door that's like mm-hmm. sounds insatiable and um she does the calculations for what the date would be and says he, he owes her 13 dollars and 67 cents to call it a night and he offers her a check and it's just i it just like that was a funny little bit i like her a lot she like that's like yeah. a, she's like a super dynamic actor and i was like oh i wish she was in more of this movie i was surprised that unless I missed it, that Joan Cusack was not in this movie. No, I don't believe so. she was in every other movie he's in. And I was reminded of her character from 16 Candles because she has that big neck brace thing on. And I was like thinking like maybe they're similar. She had like a headgear thing on. Anyway. Yeah. So we go to the dance and this is where we get the applause moment of the movie because there's this awesome 80s band that sings a song called... Better, better off, off dead. dead. I've had that song stuck in my head for <laughs> the last five days. So is that a real song? Like, what is going on? No. This, this to me seemed a lot like One Crazy Summer with like Demi Moore's like. Oh, her band. Well, yeah, oh. it's like it was kind of a similar thing of like this music. Like we we break halfway through to do this like eighties music video. But that's a trope for like teen movies for forever. Like I, there's so many teen movies where there's a dance yeah. and suddenly there's like a band a and video. you're like focus on the band for way too long right wait do i know who they are or yeah they- <laughs> well that's what my question was like i didn't look into it but like was this a person because she's not a character in the movie so like was this a singer or was this like a debbie gibson type person that was like trying to make it with this song probably especially the type person where it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a yeah, d-list debbie gibson yeah um but an a-list dress because man those, cur- those curtains just um it just, I don't know what, there was a lot going on. It was just all frills. Let's see. I think her name is Elizabeth Daly, if I'm reading mm. this right. I'll, I'll keep digging. Because you're better off than anything <laughs> without you. It's a good oh. song. It's a catchy song. It's no, a catchy it's, song. It's Good super catchy. catchy different, it's been in my head for five Oof. days. Hmm. I, um, I, at this point in the dance, like I couldn't tell if Ricky was supposed to be a good dancer or a bad dancer. Cause like they kind of all form a circle around him and he like breaks out some moves and then he like falls flat on his face and doesn't get up for like a half an hour. If this is the same woman, I'm so sorry to, to dive deeper into this. Yes, she appeared in the comedy film, Better Off Dead singing the songs, One Way Love, Better Off Dead. She is the voice of Tommy Pickles in <gasps> Rugrats. Oh my gosh, interesting. <laughs> Deep cut. 
Yeah, it's a very successful Her name is gig. Elizabeth Ann Gutman, and she goes by E.G. Daly or Elizabeth Daly. Oh. Well, another side is Ricky went on to be a huge... Uh, I think he was in head of the class for like four seasons. And then he went on to produce all these Nickelodeon shows like iCarly and some other bullshit. But yeah. um, Wait, who? Ricky, the guy, the neighbor. Oh, really? Yeah. He, I was looking at him and I'm like, I think this guy was on head of the class. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. And we've talked about this. I've played the head of the class board game before. Um, It's rumored that. Wow, I want that. It's rumored <laughs> that um, this woman dated Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, oh, yeah. um, for quite a while and had a brief relationship with Brad Pitt. Wow. Wow. Uh, I want to, like, make a chart of just six degrees of separation of, like, Hollywood dating. A web. Because yeah, I web. would never just have guessed. Just with the movies we have watched. Yeah, that Brad so Pitt fast. and Paul Rubens would be... Oh, right, yeah. one, one person off. Could you imagine, like, what? Yeah, like, because sometimes when you see people and the people they date, you're like, I don't really get it, but hey, love comes in different. Yeah, Mila Kunis is an interesting like dating history that ties some people together. I just like, read Whoa. that she dated Macaulay Culkin for forever. For years. Just, yeah. Eight years. That's a good one. That's a good one to study. And then yeah. you can like span off from like Ashton Kutcher into like Demi Moore. Totally. Bruce Willis. And then you're just gone. Like you're just gone into the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Forget Kevin Bacon. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> so Ricky, yeah, Ricky like just really kind of molests the French girl. Yeah. It's, it's not great. And um, Charles does that sort of like hysterical laugh again between oh my God. and Ellen, which is hysterical. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, <laughs> so Lane leaves and, and Monique chases after him and then Ricky follows, which I think it's really funny. And he, he's carrying a balloon. Yes. Are you going to say it? <laughs> go ahead, you say it. Well, he's carrying that balloon. He lets it go. And then like he, <laughs> he goes towards John Cusack and then he turns around for a minute, leaps leaps towards the balloon for a minute like uh, like an inch off the ground towards the balloon doesn't get it, it was and then comes so back. good it was I so love, great i love that whole moment yeah um and then lane and monique have a cutting edge style handshake what oh yeah as and you know so basically like kind of decide they want to talk more and get to know each other at that point get some Although language she, lessons if right. you know what i mean right, right. She, right, right. at this point doesn't speak any english yeah so we think. and um the and then at this point this point i just have a note that says monique is being abused <laughs> i know and it, it, it all turns out in the end but I, I was worried for her i also was like it's so weird she knows no english i can't imagine her coming to the united states and not knowing any english people in europe know english and we're the dumb ones that don't learn their languages so although I had a French exchange student um, in high school. His name was Foucault, and um, <laughs> he only knew a little bit. He like it wasn't just the typical European oh, that really? is, no, is fluent. He was he was pretty limited in his okay. English. Did you? He teach- got a lot. Uh, yeah, I did. Did you say language? 
language of love. Uh, Like, did that mom bring her there to like fix her up with? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think that was what happened, which is not cool. Yeah, which our plan. I mean, it was. I think is a common thing. Is like he was going to come over here, and then the next summer I'd go over there. But apparently, it was so awful that it didn't work out. Oh, yeah, he had night girl. terrors. Oh, oh that's we'd, right. I remember you we, telling me about that. <laughs> we, I had a bunk bed in my room, and yeah, he <laughs> first of all would eat like hard candies with wrappers, and then would three hours later have night terrors. So, oh, God. not great. Huh? Not great. What is like a John Cusack movie? I mean, would not, he scream and stuff? Or yes, like, like yeah. They, these are not the quiet night kind terrors, of night terrors. Not nightmares. He would he would just like scream in out the bit in French. Yes. Oh, oh. Bless his heart. Just be wait. I zoned out though. With, <laughs> I, um, I didn't zone out. I my internet cut out. But were you saying that like your he was from France and he didn't speak a lot of English or he yeah. did? Right. Correct. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that I think um, so. Annie like. Um, went to France to teach English and lived there for a while. And I think I think that an our European consultant can correct me. I'd encourage it. But I think the French are famously or notoriously yeah. behind in that. Like a lot of the other countries like are more bi-trilingual. Oh, and they, or at least they don't speak a lot of English. So the government has this whole thing of like come over and teach English. So that part is like somewhat realistic. But like, yeah, the lack of English that she's understanding, like even right. like, how are you? What and is your name? And how she's speaking French even, which is- that Well, thing. right. That's yeah, not great, yeah. Yeah, totally. So Doug, or Doug, <laughs> Lane starts to go home and the paper boy- stalks him and this is like a really funny scene i loved i loved the commitment to this like i know all the paper boys are saying they need their two dollars um it's like a horror film yes it is um which carries over like you know it carries over into the house and then um and then we learn that the brother has been reading (laughs) he's read picking up trashy women in the morning and just does it in the afternoon so he has all of these women in his room He's having a New Year's Eve party in his bedroom with like lingerie models while the dad is reading Youth and the Drug Explosion downstairs. Like, <laughs> right. where's the mom? Just like Ooh, on drugs, blue on drugs, bacon. cooking <laughs> uh, like uh, these abominations that come to life. Yes, it's it's just it's a funny little moment there. Um, and then the next day, the mom is like cooking like an octopus monster. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. What a like Jim Henson like <laughs> creation in that pot, yeah. But first we go to this job that like, is he just uh, applying to the job at like the pig? No, the, the dad got dad him makes a him job, go. yeah. Which it turns, we didn't even say this, but like Lane is backed into this person's car. Like, Twice. <laughs> the guy well, once was forwards, you know. Right, yeah. exactly. Backed in, fronted in. The guy that and owns this, Charburger. And this to me reminds me of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. This like terrible back scene. Uh, like yeah. A burger. Oh, yeah. It was gross. He puts out a cigar in the burger and then he like takes out his dentures and dunks it in what? Like grape soda or something? Uh, I, forget, I forget. I just, yeah. It was yeah. Kudos. Um, and tells Lane to wash his hands on his own time, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> which probably isn't too far off, you know, from real restaurants in the 80s in the 80s right now now it's now, very clean. now everybody's very clean especially with very clean yeah um and then we get this like wild fantasy from <laughs> from lane where he's like a frankenstein mm-hmm. doctor um 
and he makes he turns the burger into a rock and roll claymation cheeseburger. Right. It basically Van Halen like, style. Like California raisins is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lady cheeseburger too. Mm-hmm. But I guess the, I was reading something that the director saw some kind of, it was some kind of ad, it wasn't California Raisins, but some kind of ad that he saw. And I guess he had already had the Van Halen song. So like he knew he wanted to use the Van Halen song. Oh, okay. He saw this commercial and he was like, oh, if we could just like do both at the same time. And originally, I guess he was saying that they were we- they were worried it was going to be too weird and people would hate it. But like, it was the thing that audiences liked the most. Oh really? Of, yeah, yeah. Which is surprising to me because I, I will say they lost me a little bit with it. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It was <laughs> kind of re- long. It felt yeah. like a commercial. It yeah. felt like a commercial. Yeah. I remember enjoying it when I was younger. Of being it's like, probably oh, like wow, a mind blow. Zany. Yeah. yeah, I think of the time it was very like. Oh yeah, I think it was like new technology. Right. So, but in reality, he's made like a huge mess and. He comes out and, of course, Stalin is there with Beth and makes fun of him. Mm, right. And we get one of, I think, two, the Buenos Dias Meyer. What is that? Just some a douchebag would say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they get that right. <laughs> that is something a douchebag would say. Lane goes back to try the K-12 and he falls down the mountain again. I think we, yeah. we just see this a few times. So he decides he's going to set himself on fire. Oh, yeah, I know. But it, this this is when this occurs to me that like it's interesting to think of a world where you have to prove yourself without like videotape cuz you're like I guess the plan is that he'll do it and then Curtis Armstrong will tell everybody that he did it. Well, no, he's prepping cuz there's a contest. There's a race. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a race. Sorry, a race. Got yeah. it, got it. So he's just right. prepping. Yeah. He's, he's yeah he's trying to prep for the ski race but because... like roy is the only one that can do it stalin's the only one that can actually well and at one start. point i don't remember where it is but at one point stalin's like i'm picking a new captain and yeah it's the person that beats me in the k-12 basically right got it so um yeah he says he's gonna set himself on fire but then he can't because they're having like a dinner party at their house oh uh, yeah and amazing amazing scene i did like that scene where the mom says french french fries french french and to drink peru <laughs> uh, i don't know why it gets me so much uh it just really her energy and everybody's yeah. more abusive to monique in this scene and like tells Oof. her to talk and i i don't like any they were mean to her um yeah. And then uh, the Ricky's mom blows up because she drinks lighter fluid. <laughs> and then an amazing jump cut to the car. And sorry, sorry. your mom blew up. Sorry, Ricky. your mom blew up. Oh my God, yeah. that was so funny. Sorry, your mom blew up. Uh, yeah, that's, it's just an amazing cut. And once, once again, that's just an amazing scene. Yeah. Um, so they're, they drag race again. It happens again. And this time they he almost hits like nuns who are... What were they? Oh yeah, just as random nuns in the road. But they were like, there was something about them. They were like sexy nuns or something. I don't think so. Nuns. I don't was... know. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> there was something to them. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I. I don't remember either. So instead, he falls into this like dirty lake, uh, construction lake, construction water pool. Yeah, which mm-hmm. '80s movies? I mean, including including one crazy summer because it was kind of like when they landed and the guy came up with like fish in his spike head oh yes um but 80s movies loved like jumping cars off of stuff and just like landing them in random water 
Yes, they love it. And everybody's just fine. They're just fine. They're all yeah. fine. They don't get And hurt. Monique laughs the like she laughs most, hysterically. Oof. She's crazy. You she know? is crazy. Yeah. Like that laugh is I, I mean, I wrote down that her laugh is insufferable, but it's more that it's just like it's too much. Yeah. She's like, she's killed before, is yes. basically what it is. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, so Lane, okay, so we're we're back at school. That's the next scene. And um Lane and Monique are at lunch and Ricky like butts in because he's like sees oh, that yeah. something's happening. And Stalin comes and like harasses them and creepy touches Monique. Yeah, he like definitely crosses several lines that puts him into I was surprised yeah. at like um the choice to keep Lane or John Cusack so cool during it. Cause like yeah. eventually like she sprays that coke in his face. I'm sure he would have done something, but it was yeah. like maybe act now. Yeah. <laughs> like she's being full, you're both being molested. Like it was yeah strange oh this is the scene where the the race plan on k-12 happens yeah and i really enjoyed this reminded me of kind of like not another team movie or something where like they, he gets challenged to it and then like the announcer like the yes. radio and it's like this just in <laughs> right. Lane will be racing roy that's amazing that's so cool yeah they they have better uh just news times than Aspen Extreme, where it's it's like even the best friend takes like a full day to find out that her friends died. Yeah, yeah totally. So Lane goes to pick up his new skis, and he sees like the guy that works there who got super injured on the K twelve. <laughs> I did like his line of like, you know, I watch the Olympics, makes everything look easy. I tried to like, I'm like, I, I know what you mean, man. I definitely had some like injuries after every Winter Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the paper boy like latches on to Lane's car <laughs> and, and then I thought they died cause they went through a car wash. I did too. I mean, they definitely died. They treat okay. the paper boys like they they just clone themselves cause they've died. They've <laughs> nine lives for sure. So, um, the next set of scenes we, we have like Monique and Lane kind of having their falling in love time. Yeah, because she's frustrated with her life as she should be there, and is throwing apples at a sign. I mean, this just ends. That's... Monique can't throw well. <laughs> she loves baseball <laughs> and destroyed oranges. Uh, so I'm having to like reinterpret a lot of my notes, and now I know what this says. It's like love through car maintenance. Oh yes, to... yeah. yeah, and um she she does car maintenance and has like she looks like a chimney sweep she's like perfectly placed smudges on her nose i did like the typical reversal here like yeah she's the one teaching him which i think is great yeah um it is almost like a oddly feminist movie in that like it's not even because she says something like what does she say like um oh do you want to help and he's like oh i can't do anything you know what i mean like it doesn't he doesn't try to one upper um and then coming up actually when she's showing him how to ski the k-12 um she does it like perfectly and then he's like well if you can do it and then he just falls again you know like it's good he doesn't they just kind of paint her as like no she's more skilled yeah for sure there's no question i liked that a lot yeah he falls all the way down before that though there's the scene where they go to eat at the restaurant which god knows why he would choose to do right. it there <laughs> wouldn't that guy murder him if he no, he had the keys foot... but he has oh, the keys right, to his right, own right. home too or the park or anywhere i mean there's octopus god. monsters in his 
kitchen That's home. True. So yeah. and That's miss true. and you have to see the burger claymation again and he plays the saxophone <laughs> yeah which curtis and it's like a told him to do. synthesizer sax as well it's so it's great. amazing i was thinking about how terrible that saxophone would sound without the other score because he's playing along with the song we're hearing and i'm like if you were to only hear the saxophone it would just be like <laughs> burr, burr, burr. <laughs> uh, you isolate the tracks they're not as awesome it's like i amazing. learned the tuba in middle school and oh. uh let me tell you, you need a band to play a, yes. a tuba track because it's really just like, burp, burp, burp. <laughs> yeah, totally. there's not a lot of burp. tuba no. solos. Nope, <laughs> for a reason. It's awesome. Um, so then, uh, yeah, we we get to see that um, she's really good. Monique's really good at skiing, and mm-hmm. yeah, they have like this beautiful tandem skiing montage. And they go through each other's legs repeatedly. Is that a thing that people do? Well, people that's do how do you that. score badly on the Super 8 or whatever. <laughs> because the Powder 8. I was the thinking Powder about 8, that. yeah. You can do that. Okay. Once again, people should Google ski ballet. Um, I did. It's I was amazing, gonna put, isn't it? Oh, I've seen yes, some. it is. And I was going to put, and I, maybe I will add it to our Is It For Real Facebook page. It's like cutting edge plus Aspen Extreme plus Better Off Dead equals ski ballet. <laughs> I'll do it later. Yeah. Uh, but it is. It's just like, it's incredible. It's nuts. But the paper boy shows up again, and this time he has skis on his bike. Yep. <laughs> Which and is he, a thing, too. But yeah. And he falls off the mountain. He macking me's off of that mountain. I mean, like, oh no, <laughs> it's inc- it's crazy. I mean, like, because he's in there. I mean, you watch that for like five seconds. You're like, this movie took a turn for the dark because that kid is dead. But then they show and they're just they're just indestructible paper boys. Yeah, or or like clonable. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. So we're in the K12 race and yeah. Lane. I missed this part. How come he only has one ski? Well, he broke it Char- when he fell before no. the binding breaks. Charles Demar, when he's like, "Good luck," and skis away, goes over the binding, oh, and right. it just completely makes it disintegrate. Oh, um, okay. So we can't, yeah. So he's just, and he's really, he really only gets to the start because he's like running from the paper boy. Paper boy, yeah. Now, can you ski that like that on one ski? Yeah, like there are people that have one leg that ski. Oh, well, yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, I think that that. There is somebody that's doing that in this movie. I don't think there's like a lot of tricks to it. No, it was pretty impressive, I thought. Looked like the same guy maybe that even was playing him before. It could be. And they even did it over moguls, which I think was crazy because yeah. like, I can barely go down totally. moguls. Now, let, let me ask you a question about the end of that race. It looked like they tied. How did people know he won? <laughs> well, I had another question too where Lane kind of gets oh, a head start. They have two different times which yeah i had a note that it didn't seem fair but it looked like yeah they sent lane first and then started a clock and then they sent oh. stalin and then started a clock so they wouldn't be in each other's way i, I don't yeah, know yeah i mean that makes sense as but, to why you would do that but then like it kind of were like together stalin probably won right because they finished so close i don't know yeah it was yeah. weird but he maybe had just one that he ski, finished so it. yeah Everybody seemed to think that that lane won. I think maybe I was thinking about this a lot, but I mean, thinking about it now, I think that the celebration might have been that um, uh, Stalin is the only person that can complete the K-12, which actually now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the K-12 is the course, like it's like the whole, like the event 
that you're skiing all of these pieces together because it like ends with like slalom like it's kind of weird um but i think they're just celebrating the fact that lean skied the whole thing and and stalin's the only one that could i don't don't know know. i Um, feel they treated it like he won one yeah he did Um, yeah you're right so i think whatever crazy rules the k-12 had um (laughs) yeah he won it so beth kisses lane but he's he's not into it because his heart is set some well he kisses her i don't know they kiss yeah yeah and then ricky and the mom show up out of nowhere to like take monique back um but you know ricky has his <laughs> ski pole sword fight amazing yeah and then they get pushed over and then now they live there <laughs> it's just like now they're in the store they can't do anything about it that was it that was the rules and the camera well no they got up because ricky oh i see what you're saying yeah Yeah, now they're defeated but then ricky meets this girl and now they're married yeah now they get married quickly and the mom is alone um and uh more like tires that shouldn't drive on snow which is that's what annie was saying it's like i wouldn't drive a camaro to tahoe like that's pretty rough yeah but yeah but they make it all the way back to the middle of dodger stadium as you do as one does yeah (laughs) wow car on the field saxophone in hand paper boy rolling up i was reading that like um i guess the woman who plays uh, monique Monique, diane or diana franklin diane franklin Diane, I think. Diane yeah. Franklin. And um, so they did this stunt where you could come to Dodger Stadium and you would get like a signed thing by, Di- like at one of the games, she was going to be there to sign autographs. And she right. said that she assumed that they would announce like, and Diane Franklin from Better Off Dead or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Um, and they just said, and now you can get an autograph from Diane Franklin. And she's like, Whoa! <laughs> like no, no one no, knows no, who no. I am. Is it that or what? No, they they said no. We don't need you to do a signing, uh, but you can sing the national anthem. Oh, they announced oh, it for oh, that. Oh yes, and then they uh, just they announced just, by Diane Franklin, right? Right, and they didn't contextualize who she was. And Although, she was just I like, mean, no one knows who, who I am. Who cares? Like, hopefully, she I'm, could sing though. Right, I'm not going to start booing if I hear a name I haven't recognized singing the national anthem. No, because there's what, plenty of what, what, what? But normally they contextualize it. They're like, now choir, you know, children's sure, choir. Or well, like, I also feel like if it's an actor, you lend them because I just assume that it's like some famous or some established singer, whoever's singing, unless right. they're like a famous person. So, right. Yeah. And oh, then okay, I read that wrong. One of the last things we see is is the house, like a rocket launching out of the house. Cause yeah looks like badger got that kit in the mail earlier on and, and he built it that's a fun built rocket house. yeah i feel bad for that house though and those parents like they're gonna have to rebuild their house it's gonna be drafty <laughs> be very drafty and that's the end of the film uh yeah yeah pretty solid pretty solid pretty solid did we answer all the questions throughout or were there other yeah questions? i i asked my questions throughout so i don't have any more i i have one Um, and it's more sort of a hypothetical question from Nora L asks, so what is the sequel to this movie where Ricky kidnaps Monique and puts her in his basement? Um, (laughs) Ooh, you know, I don't, I don't think he does. I think he's very happy. He's, he's found somebody that's maybe more his speed, you know? I don't yeah, think that he doesn't was, have to try. He doesn't have to kind of like chase. He doesn't have to trap her. Like, in fact, that woman was very forward with her love for Ricky. She 
she was right if there. They felt a bond, you know. You know, she just happened to be there at the K twelve ski tournament. How did they all know to go there? It's well, we'll just, we have to suspend. That. Yeah, I was curious <laughs> as to how they found her there. <laughs> at least they didn't have to hike up the mountain like they did for Aspen Extreme. Right. Oh my god, I know that's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. All right, how about Hummers, Bombers? Um, let's... Bold for me to do today with my internet connection. I'm proud yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're handling it really... well. It's a oh, weird thanks. internet day. Let's yeah. start with the dumbers. The dumbers. Right. Um... Dumbers, dumbers. I I have a dumber. Um, okay. And it's it's true too. It's probably because we are um, not too far from Aspen Extreme, where the I guess it's like the whole K12, where sometimes when they film like when they filmed John Cusack like flipping down it it seemed very very steep and then like when they filmed them skiing it it seemed there's parts of it that seem like a green trail like it was really hard to get a handle on like what this was and then the other thing about it that I kind of just was confused about is like he was so nervous about it it's like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do but like he's already fallen down it like a million times like he knows he's not gonna die and he keeps on thinking I don't know I was having I mean so much so that I also was so confused of like when the race was and I don't know um I wasn't sure if the goal was to just ski down it because Roy was the only one that ever or Stalin was the only one that ever skied down it or if there was a race and then I was very confused as like what the race was and what the rules were and how steep it was. So all of the, all the K-12 thing. Yeah. There weren't very many clear rules. I think my dumber is going to be Monique. I I like Monique as a character and I like her trajectory, but just her as a French person, Mm. I think they just didn't really like authentically try to portray that at all. Even, even the things she said were just very not, I mean, she was speaking French, but it was just very basic. Bridget, at one point she was wearing a hat and the trench coat, which (laughs) you can't get any more French than that. I Um, just thought she could have been more French. I I like her character. I fully agree with you, but I want to say something that we didn't talk about, which was her comment about like, and I apologize if you guys said this, but um where he discovers she speaks English and she's like in that house it's a lot better if I pretend I don't speak English and I spent a lot of time thinking about that I'm like she's probably right yeah she was being harassed go back and forth and like you'd have to converse and yeah otherwise you can just probably hide in your room it was just I thought that was like interesting like that probably is true yeah she was protecting herself yeah we don't we don't want to go too deep into that because it's it is dark I think she Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. trapped and away from her family but I'm glad she feels safer now with Lane um for my dumber i will oh gosh i had something <clears throat> then i lost it um i will just say hey <laughs> nothing about this movie there's is dumb. nothing it's, there's nothing it's perfect in you here have to pick something dumb. it's a perfect no. piece of cinema uh synth i'll say then all right it's shitty man <laughs> um wait it's what just the synthesizer sax oh um, synth <laughs> <laughs> and synthax synthax it just even with all mm-hmm. the other back backing sounds it's just mm-hmm. bad and then you're having to like lug this thing to this date oh. so you can surprise someone especially when it's dodger stadium um <laughs> oh, or yeah, this yeah. this awful gross failing in a health protocols restaurant <laughs> sort of thing there's 
It's all dumb. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Good job. You're a dumber. That sax uh, managed to encompass like other dumbers <laughs> no, <laughs> within yeah. it, which is it, good. It, it just, I had a clog in my brain yeah. and it just sort of like flushed out. And then finally. It's like you of, released a plug in totally. its own. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. What about bummers? My, I, my bummer I have kind of generally is Ricky's house. <laughs> um, there's so much about it. Like the mom, I, I don't, I don't, ugh, I say as a Baltimorean, I'm hesitant to say this, but I'm not a huge John Waters fan in general. So Get like, out of this podcast. I know I should, but like the campy, like that over the top, like whatever that comedy is, I just find kind of affronting and annoying. Um, and so Monique is kind of being abused. It was kind of like you're dumber, Bridget. I didn't yeah. like the abuse from Monique and I didn't like, they don't really lean into it too hard, but there is some subtle fat shaming with Ricky that I didn't yeah. like either. And I just think that there would have been a way to make Ricky a um, fun pal of a neighbor. Like, I don't think you had to make him this like pseudo villain. Like he wasn't a threatening villain, but he was a menace. And I think it would have been a lot more fun, especially because Curtis Armstrong actually isn't in a lot of the film, like Charles. So I I think it would have, and probably because there's so many characters, I just think it would have been fun if, if um, Ricky was like one of the pals, like Mm. I think that would have been more fun. Okay. I think my bummer is is Lane's mom. I think I think she, we think she's having a good time, but she's she's not well, and she's an adult woman. And I I do think like I want adult I, woman. Yeah, I'm just concerned about her quality of life. If she's having a good time and they're not making fun of her, but like where like what did she have to do to get that octopus monster? And like what lengths? And like she's cooking it, and for what to what end? nobody's gonna eat it it's like (laughs) he gives melting like frozen dinners to her husband and the yeah so yeah i'm a little bummed out by her slash intrigued by her yeah yeah she's yeah she's a yeah it's like hurt so good a fascinating woman yeah it's and i think a lot of these things they they skirt the line so well but then they step over it a couple times and it's you're very impressed because they got so close to the line and then you're a little bit bummed that they stepped over it a little bit um i'm i'll just do the whole suicide part for the bummer um do the obvious one it's just yeah you know it's some people say there's like oh there's nothing that should be out of bounds for what you make fun of and stuff like that. But there's certain ways, um, I don't know, it's just not worth it uh, yeah. to make make fun of it or try to make a joke out of it. Even like this is one of those ones that it, some of the jokes, like it was on that side of the line of being yeah. like, oh, that's a, that's a great sight gag or whatever. But it's like, you're talking about suicide and it's just, yeah, too much. So, and it's like, you know, he's that. okay. But like, if he had fallen off that overpass and a car hit him, like, sure. It just would, he just wouldn't. Oh, okay. yeah. There's, there's you know so, I mean? yeah, exactly. So, it felt to me too, it. it was interesting to learn more about the director. It, it made me feel a little better as to why it was included. And like, yeah. I was like, oh, I guess the movie is called Better Off Dead. I should have yeah. expected this. And I'm glad we included a trigger warning, but it's like, um, I think that the director started from a place where the movie probably was a different tone and then it just went wackadoodle, but he like kept the original, like there is a movie to be made about that probably, yeah. but it just needs to be well, a different tone. He, here's the other story is he made a short film about this oh, and then yes. debuted at like the Ven- or the LA film festival. Henry Winkler saw it, thought it was hilarious 
and he was like, oh, it wasn't a comedy. And that, then he's like, Henry Winkler's yes. like, it should be put more of these ideas in it and write it and like the helped Fonz him. Did the Fonz did yeah, yeah, I did read yeah. that he was instrumental in getting this film Dang, made. I mean, Fonz. right. So you can see where it started. It like, right. It like stretches too many yeah. genres or something. But I I mean, yes. I and some people agree. explore their, their bouts with like issues like that through comedy. So if he's if he's working through that mm-hmm. in this way, it could be it could be potentially harmful, but it could also be potentially helpful for somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, do we all bum? Okay, hum. We all bummed. <laughs> now we need to all hum. I'll go first. My hum is is 100% that math scene. I there's <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed a lot of the bits. But for some reason that just had me like mm-hmm. cracking up because the kids were so genuine and they were so into it. And it's, it, it is, it's a opposite for what you'd expect to be in a teen movie where everyone's oh, yes. in the math class, just having a shitty time. And instead they're just cackling and having, and like, they know the answers and math is fun. I just, I just thought the whole thing was super great. I loved it. Um, my Hummer, I, I already talked about a lot of the different like bits and stuff that I like, but I think in general, um, my Hummer is Curtis Armstrong. Um, just like the Charles character, kind of like, I wish he was in it more. Although maybe I don't, maybe he was in it the perfect amount. Yeah. Um, but I love him and he is so committed. He's wearing a top yeah. for a reason. Like, who knows? He's very like the, I like that they set it up in the beginning. That's like, I have to pretend I do drugs, you know? And then like, he just continues to throughout, throughout the film. And I think because like, I like him and I liked him in um, One Crazy Summer, but he didn't quite get this. He didn't get to like fly. So I just really liked him in this. So yeah. Wait, he was in One Crazy Summer. Yeah. yeah. See, Bob, like, Bobcat Goldthwait just like yeah. dominates everything for yeah. me in that movie. Yeah, he is kind of like the grapefruit in a fruit salad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> So you're saying it's sour? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I like grapefruit. I do too. I love it. But not in a fruit salad. Yeah. It's trash. Um, or citrus I, for that matter. My Hummer was going to be Charles Damar as uh, well. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, it's fine. There's a lot to love in this movie. So I'm just going to go for generalness of the, I love the absurdism in mm, this movie. How it yeah. just was that fantastical realism that it just flew in different directions like i i love the mom wrestling a sea monster into a bowl i I loved sort of the uh howard cosell like race announcers and everything like that that just like went a little bit off the rails it was like just realism wise i just really loved it and um yeah it's just so magical magical is it for real uh who, who wants to go, I'll go first? first i'll okay. go first i haven't i don't know if i've gone first in a while maybe i have sorry if i have i actually or should we first talk about our outfits oh frick <laughs> i hesitate to bring this up <laughs> i got so excited well i already described philip's outfit which was That's true which was i already forgot what it was it was a t-shirt <laughs> that... a t-shirt it was emblazoned probably on all every single side of the t-shirt with the phrase go real fast this way yeah until you hit something and and then then turn turn. and until something's in your way and then turn yeah Yeah. Yeah. but what i didn't mention was that philip was wearing a top hat as well yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> right. He is wearing a top hat. How great. So <laughs> convenient when he was wearing that top hat. Yes. Um, well, Bridget, I like that you were wearing those welding glasses um, that you've had the whole time. And you're wearing some of the only helmets that we see in the movie, which is yeah. from the the Howard Cosell racing cars um, yeah. that they, they put on. Um, and then you have that t-shirt on that just has like a sketch, much like, much like John Cusack sketches from the movie, just like tons and tons of people that are all simultaneously asking the one phrase on top that says, Hey, do you guys know if Beth is dating anyone? <laughs> I, like. I, love, I love this shirt. And yeah, it's cool. Katie, you're, you're just wearing the dress of that singer at the school dance. Um, <laughs> just some sort of, you know, Mobius strip of frills that just go and it's short, but then high, it's, it's, it's just an optical illusion all around. And <laughs> yeah. And you're also, you've had it on mute most of the time, but you've just been blaring the song Better Off Dead yep. the whole time. I'm committed to it. It's not a particularly comfortable dress. It's not particularly warm. In <laughs> I my know. Room, the, the undergarments but, under that alone. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to send a message and I'm glad you picked up on it. Nice, nice. Uh, um, okay. So Bridget, sorry, you were going to start with. No, thank you. Is it for real? Maybe. Yes, you're welcome. Yes, I actually decided this yesterday when I watched the film, which is that I do think this movie is for real. And I think it is, it, if, it, it, if you take it for what it is, which is surrealist teen black comedy, I think it fits all of those categories. It is, I like the bits. I like the heightening of the bits. I think they do a really nice job with that. There's some little problematic areas and like obviously i think the suicide thing but we already we already talked about it we already addressed it um is this like a movie i want to watch on repeat over and over again maybe i don't know probably is now because i have the dvd um <laughs> and i have to to make it worth the five dollars i spent on it but yeah i think it's for real um i'll go so i i will not lie i was a little on the fence coming out of this movie and part of it and this may be another podcast but like the 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 bummer and the um problematic um areas of suicide was a little bit like uh hit me in the face and it was like a little hard to like get over and then like i said in realizing anyway learning more about it but and, and i will also say is that like with one crazy summer i like i did <laughs> not have the highest of hopes for PTSD it PTSD like, from oh, that yeah. Oh, God. yeah um but as i was like watching it and thinking about it more but I, but honestly as i was watching it i was like this is such a smart film um and the bits are so smart and what i'll say is i am not a huge john hughes fan like whatever it is about those movies like yeah. don't speak to me but this one does what I want John Hughes to do, which is like, just focus on the funny, like stop trying to teach me shit. <laughs> like stop trying to tell me what teenagers are like and just like be a humorous movie about the time. And like, that's what this movie is. Um, and so I totally get why Phil, you, you like it. And so, yes, I think this movie is for real. Um, well, yeah, I was a little bit scared going into this one after the whiplash of watching One Crazy Summer <laughs> and realizing that younger me is a oh, dumb right. piece of shit. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I, uh, and like I said, I was, I was in a dark place after watching the Packers um, blow that game in the NFC Championship. And I was like, I must watch this mm -hmm. and hopefully it's as good. Uh, as I remember it being, and it was, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, 
if I had mustered the energy to bring my DVD downstairs <laughs> again today, I would have watched it again in preparation for this podcast. Um, and I, but I plan on watching it several more times before I like pass this DVD around. Um, yeah, it's just, it all works in a way that it really didn't work in one crazy summer. Um, it, it, yeah, it has some problems area, problem areas, but I think it comes at them in sort of a punching up manner um yeah and so i i think it's for real three for reals okay you want the song yeah oh my gosh yeah That's that's that's. I the forget line. that it's right. I I think I was in my head singing, "I'd be better off dead," but it's "I'm better off dead than to live without you." Yeah, it's a I nice it's little like a... video because it's it cuts scenes from the movie with her and. Oh, I'll have to watch that. It's kind of lovely. She, she's got this interesting like smoker's vocal fry to her voice, <laughs> and then she became Tommy Pickles. Yeah, it's very eighties. You know, 80s, who, but you yeah. know who she sounds like for all of our rent head fans out there. Is she? She sounds like um, is it Daphne Zuniga who originated the role of Mimi in Rent? Wow, kind of has a. Deep cut. I guess it's a deep cut. It's a very similar like pouty voice or something. I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's similar. Wow, Elizabeth Daly voiced Tommy Pickles for a long time, and then it was replaced on Rugrats Go Wild by a man. Bummer. Damn it. Classic. It's Hollywood for you. That's uh, Hollywood for you. Classic. Anyway, Philip, thanks for the pick, and thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm John so glad. B. Yes, thanks, John B. I mean, I have to give an extra thanks to um, Phil for sending me the movie because <laughs> I was not to be trusted, which was the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until <laughs> and, uh, and then. I, I got a, a a limit on how many I could buy, and yes. so I couldn't send Bridget uh, yeah. hers, and she had yeah. to go out and pony yeah. up herself. Yeah, I had to pay five bucks for this. Yeah. but it was and... exciting times here in Northern California when I got a package in my name. I mean, Aww. like Annie's mother ran in, like you have a package. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, well, I forgot. You're big time I, now. I've never ordered stuff online, so it was good. Did they sing the Wells Fargo wagon? <laughs> no, they should have. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Thank you, everybody. Toodaloo. Bye.